Welcome to Cellmates. I'm Dick Ward. I'm Kate Phillips. This is an animated movie podcast where we take two movies and we kind of combine, contrast, compare, and throw a Venn diagram over them and see what pops out. Often these movies are Disney. But not always. Often these movies are musicals. But not always, Kate. Often these movies are good. Not always. So, uh, Dickless Ward, uh, in our pre-tape, I called you that by kind of accident, yeah. uh, and I like the way it sounded, so can I'm going to do it again. Can I tell you something interesting? Yeah. That was my AIM screen name. Dickless Ward? D- or just Dickless. Dickless. Yeah. That's interesting. Because I worked on the tech crew at my high school, uh-huh. and we spoke over walkie-talkies, and we would get... People would get confused between me, Dick, uh-huh. and another dude, Nick. Um, so you didn't change Nick to Nicholas. He had seniority. Got it. That, so he got to keep his name. That sounds like a tech uh, thing, 100%. Yes. That's amazing. Yep. Well, Nicholas. Let's wh- never call me that again, though. What are you drinking? Oh, um, whiskey. And. Uh, what else and, is new? <laughs> uh, you know, well, like whiskey, simple syrup, a tiny bit of ginger ale, some bitters, uh, like a smokier whiskey. This is basically yeah. an old-fashioned, but a little smokier. So it's it's like the the smokier makes me think of like grown-up things. Yeah. Right? But like the ginger ale makes me think of like kid things. This also makes me think of weddings. Why? Because this is the whiskey that we got from friend of the podcast Serena at oh. her wedding. And her wedding mate, John, but I know he hasn't been on it. He's episode, not, he's, he's, he hasn't been on the podcast. Came from both of them. Well, he doesn't get a mention because he's not on the podcast. If you heard his name, unhear it now, audience. So this, this, John, is, we, we, we love you. It's if, almost like a journey from like, kind of like a, an old version of this drink to like a younger, more youthful version of this drink. I don't know how that makes, Almost Any, as if I, I was watching an old, boring live action movie and then it youthed up into a cartoon. What? Anyway, this drink has a name that's better apt for this movie. Look, I was trying. Uh, I couldn't figure out what you were going for. I thought you were just I thought you were just free associating. Uh, kind of. Wow. Um yes. Uh-huh. It is like that. Yeah. Uh, Dick, what is this drink called? Leatherbound Book. Mm. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me more about the binding of this particular book? What does it look like? Leatherbound? Yeah. Is it like how many legs does it have? Does it oh, have a hunch? I see what you're saying. Um, yeah. Is it only it's covered wearing, in letters it's wearing or pantyhose. numbers, but not both? Yeah. It's it's wearing pantyhose and it, it's been on Star Trek. Mm. Okay. That is that probably could apply to the other movie too. Nope. No, none, none. Star Trek. I mean, maybe some, but limited. Yeah. yeah. Um. Look, I got, I got nothing else. There aren't really books in the second movie. It's just a the second movie we watched. Let's just, just, just the point is. Let's just move on from this part. We are doing this week movies that are mostly animated. Yeah. Um, and not in a Space Jam Roger Rabbit way. No. In a 
10 minutes at the beginning is not animated, and that's about it. Yeah. Uh, we're looking at The Phantom Tollbooth, 1970, and The Page Master, 1994. Yeah. And The Page Master has leather-bound books. Oh, we don't know that. And, well, they're bound. It has bound books. We do know that. Almost definitely. It takes place in a giant library, so you I'm assume just... there's at least one leather-bound Okay, you book. know what happens when you go assuming things? Yeah. I... Anyway, and the fan oh this was the the Phantom Tollbooth is a book before it was a movie, even though it feels like we're in some a few different stories. Okay, once we're in so it. to our audience, hello, hello, how are you? Um, one, you may have noticed this episode's a little late. It's been a lot of week for us. It, we always say that though, so it's been a lot of life. Yeah, but it also has. Okay, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the world, but it's a lot. Um, and second, uh, we could not go out and get an appropriate drink uh, for this podcast. I think Leatherbound Book is okay. This is more appropriate than almost half the drinks but that we've we been, do buy. We've been blizzarded in. So we have. We're doing the best we can. And You think a blizzard would give you more time to record a podcast. It does not. It does not. Kate, Here. hey, what's your experience with the Phantom Tollbooth? I am... 75% sure I read the book growing up. Weird. I always get this one and A Wrinkle in Time mixed up. Huh. And I read one of them. I might have read both of them. But, right, it's like a kid going in, like like going into this like series of weird worlds. Um, Wrinkle in Time, I think, is more... Uh, it takes itself a little bit more seriously. The Phantom Tollbooth is a little bit of a zig and a zag. Um... But I don't, whichever book it was, and I think it was The Phantom Tollbooth, I remember it being um, exhausting to read because <laughs> I am not a world building <laughs> type of reader or uh-huh. consumer. And this story is all world building and nothing else. And it's multiple worlds of building and a lot of zany things. Yeah. We'll talk about some Alice in Re- uh, Wonderland uh parallels later but it feels very much like that where i'm like i don't know why i should care about any of this but you author seem to be having a fantastic time telling me about all these whoozles and what's it's and great good for you so i'd read the book i had never seen this movie although i knew it existed mm-hmm. um but i couldn't have told you that it looked like this for a zillion dollars i had no idea Wow. Yeah. You missed out on a zillion dollars because that's what I was going to offer you. Oh, well, I. You messed up. Have, anyway, Dick, do, do you have any experiences with the Phantom Tolb? <laughs> well, let me tell you. First off, as a child, I was a avid reader. I probably read the Phantom Toll Booth, but I constantly get it confused with another game or another book called The Big Joke Game. Oh. Um, where there's this kid who's like a practical joker and then he like hits his head or something and he gets transported to a land where to leave he has to play a game. And there's like word games Ready in there. Ready player one. No. And there's word games in there. Like like um, I remember I learned about spoonerisms in the big joke okay. game. <clears throat> so Phantom Tollbooth, the movie, was right up my alley. I loved stuff that was a little too clever and a little obnoxious about it. 
and I loved animation and uh-huh. I loved movies. And I made it about halfway through this movie before I just felt sick to my stomach <laughs> and nervous and like I I do not think I got through this movie as a kid. This made me anxious. And okay, so you're saying it wasn't like food poisoning no. or a stroke. No, it, it was, was the this movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah. It made me very uncomfortable. It's like I I remembered it being English uh, or British because mm. that animation also had a tendency to make me uncomfortable. Mm. Um, but it, it just like something about it made me really, really anxious as a kid. And still like watching it now, I, I like see where I was coming from because um, it is like it's it's occasionally a little low rent Um and it occasionally doesn't quite work the way it's supposed to. And it, it just, it makes me a little, it feels off. I mean, it's it's trippy Looney Tunes yeah. is what it is. It and is literally, it's Chuck Jones. Yeah, that's probably part of it too, right? Is like Bugs Bunny is in there and Fred Flintstone is in there. and like <laughs> Yeah, like not the characters. It's not. But, but their voices. Yes. Um, so that's also like. That that I'm sure gave me anxiety as a kid. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, well, I'm glad you didn't throw up when we watched it. Me too, but I have felt sick the last couple of days, oh, so maybe so it's a long term effect. <laughs> maybe it was delayed. the phantom toll booth. Uh huh. Um. Well, Dick, let's let's see if you can make it through this two minute summary. Oh. Without um, getting hot sweats, because mm-hmm. you're about to summarize the Phantom Toll Booth in two minutes or less, and I wish you the most sincerest of good lucks on this. Because I think this is going to be easier than you think it is. And I think the last time you said that, it took you five minutes. Well, we'll see what happens. All right, ready? Yes. And go. Okay, there's this kid named Milo. He's depressed, and I identify with him. I like him. He like walks through goats. Anyway. He's bored and he's talking to his friend and then suddenly there's a like a present what? in his room and he goes and looks at it and he pulls it and he pulls it open and it's a toll booth and he goes through the toll booth and when he goes through the toll booth he's animated and along the way he meets an off like a police officer who tries to put him in jail and this dude called the weatherman who's weather but not that kind of weather W H um and he like ends up like going through the slumps or something like that mm-hmm. and then he meets a watchdog which is a dog that weirdly stores a watch and it's tum tum uh and then he and the watchdog uh decide like he just kind of on a whim he's like oh we're gonna go to the castle in the air lightning 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 and every time you say castle in the air lightning 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 <laughs> there's lightning um and in order to get to the castle in the air they have to go to kingdom of words and the kingdom of numbers and the kingdom of words and the kingdom of numbers, both like they have these kings that are like, I hate numbers and I hate words. They hate the opposite one. But there's these princesses called Rhyme and Reason. And they've been locked in a castle because they said that words and numbers were both important. So they go and rescue them. But they're not really locked in a castle. They're just, they're fine and they can fly. And it's not really a thing. Um, also nice. along the way, he meets a humbug. Who doesn't really have a character, but he's got a nice character design. Uh, and then Milo like overcomes his fears and book. 
fuck? Oh, and then he's not bored anymore. And he goes and flies kites with his friend who uh who's on the phone with her earlier, and then his friend's like, Oh, there's a weird present in the middle of my room. The end. Sure. I mean, you skipped an act, but that's fine. I'm sorry, movie. what act did I skip? Like the, the demons act. That, what? There was a series of demons guarding the route to Ryman Reason's castle. That's what I'm saying. Like it doesn't matter. It's not, that's not. But it an, took a long time. I would not movie. consider that an act. That was just a part of it. I also want to want one more. I also one skipped more Professor Cacophony. Yeah, that's true. One more nitpick. Um, I don't think there's evidence that his friend is flying a kite. I think it more looks like he just steals a kite from a kid. I believe that that kid becomes his friend. It was sure. Like when I met you the first time, we were not friends. That's yeah. But if I was to like look back, I'd be like, oh, that's when I was having a drink with my friend Kate. Sure. Great. It may or may not be his friend on the phone because he could be in the Phantom Toll Booth at this time. Yeah, but the Phantom but Toll Booth only takes five minutes. Yeah, it's unclear how long it takes. Well, it takes five minutes. Ralph is still on the phone. Ralph says, you've been gone for five minutes. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Well, yeah, this movie Ralph was... is my MVP. Ooh, I have trivia about that. Oh, please. Um, they named the character Ralph. Like, After Ralph there, Wiggum. No, there is so... there On these two movies, there's so little, like drama or funny things but this i thought was great um it just had to be a boy named ralph uh says chuck jones uh, anybody called steve or mike would have called with something to do ralph sounds like a wet tennis shoe nice i like that description yeah i guess milo is also a wet tennis shoe situation now charles jones um did uh the grink right he yes this animation looks very Looney Tunes, but the character designs in specific um, reminded me, and we looked it up and confirmed, of like the humanoid characters kind of look like Who's. Yeah. And the dog talk looks like has a lot of Max features. So like the famous. Even though he's giant. The like, famous good Grinch thing. The Grinch who saved the original. Not movie, the Matthew Morrison the one. No, we don't speak of that. And we've got voices that are like all over the place. We've got Dawes Butler, who's a Fred Flintstone. We've got Thurl Ravenscroft, who's the uh, narrator of the Grinch. We've got Mel Blanc. And we've, Eddie Munster as the boy. Yep, as uh, yeah, yeah, Butch Patrick. Um, so it's like a regular um, uh, haunted uh, uh, mansion. I d- when I was hearing Thurl Ravenscroft, I was like hearing the haunted mansion, do, 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 like do, the narration, do, do, right, do, do, like from the, uh, the stretch. Gringling girls come out to socialize. Um, I, if you had told me about this movie before, I didn't really know about this movie, but like. Seeing like okay, it's made in 1970 by a company that's not Disney. It's about kind of a lot of things, and it doesn't really fit together. I was ready to be out before this movie started. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I know like when Alice in Wonderland is Disney, and I didn't care for it. It's you just did not. a child going through some weird stuff, and nothing fits together. And this is basically Alice in Wonderland. With a boy. I Yeah, I assumed it was going to be like Yellow Submarine meets mm-hmm. Alice in Wonderland. I was also kind of expecting that British style. Yeah. But I, I was entertained. I, I don't yeah. think this movie is great. No. But for what it is, I was surprised at like 
how one how little I was offended by it and two like uh, how many like giggles I had along the way or like oh this animation looks really cool also because I'm also not a Looney Tunes fan we discussed that in the Space Jam episode I was surprised how much I liked the live action sequences mm-hmm. like they were shot really well yeah yeah that's all it's um Horatio Sands it's like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory era, and I feel mm-hmm. like the live action scenes have a very have that vibe. similar vibe of like, yeah. kind of nothing's really going on. This kid doesn't have a lot going for him. Uh, he's kind of sad. He's great. Um, but yeah, but it worked really well. And like like you said, he just passes by some goats. Like the whole like first yeah. song is like, "What's Milo to do?" He's oh such yeah, a it's a, kid. it's kind of a musical. What's to be with Milo? There are songs in it. I said it's kind of a musical, and I stand by that. I think this is like the best possible version of um like a schoolhouse rock feature film. Yeah, because that's essentially what it is. Like they they tied it together, uh, but each song is very different and didactical. And Kate, let me ask you. Anyway, let me ask you this. Yeah. What's your experience with Page Master? <laughs> Yeah, I guess we should talk about both. Yeah. Uh, I saw Page Master probably within the first couple of years. This was a VHS at my cousin's house situation. Um, and and as that's the case, um, it means that I've seen this movie uh, probably like six times total in my childhood, but maybe never in one sitting. Um, so I remembered all the parts of this movie could not have told you what order they went in. Um, but yeah, this was very familiar. Yeah. All the, and watching it now, very familiar. Interesting. All the yeah. I don't think I watched this. Um, whenever people say Page Master, I think of Never Ending Story. Mm. And they're different. There's no animation in the Never Ending Story. No. And at it's, least in the movie. Right? And it's more German and Ooh. more dark. And scarier, and weirder, hmm. and better. <laughs> yeah, the Page Master. Well, we'll we'll talk about it. It's, we will talk about it's it. It's Turner. I don't and know Hooch. what it was at the time, but like this and Cats Don't Dance were like the studio's big one, and then because neither of them did very well, uh, it's not a thing anymore. Uh, but yeah, but it's got a lot of people on it that have worked on um, both on Bluth and Disney movies around the early 90s. Um, so it had a good it, it had some good resources available to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. Ooh, yeah. That box office is bad. It's 13 million in the same year as The Lion King. And that's so people were going to the movies, just people weren't going to this movie. This is like among the last of young Macaulay Culkin's acting career. Yes. So this is well. this is Macaulay Culkin, yeah. This is what kinda put a bow on it. I don't know I don't know if it like intentionally Right, so like Home I don't Alone know if is it was before a, this, is that oh, ninety two? Yeah. 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 Yeah, you've got Home Alone before this, Richie Rich before this. Richie Rich is same year. Because he was nominated for a Razzie for three roles at once. Yes. Including this and Richie Rich. Which came out first? Probably Richie Rich. There you go. So Richie Rich was before this. Yeah, this is November. Boom. All right. Um, cool. Should I summarize it so that we can start talking about it? No, let's let's just debate about Richie Rich some more. Uh, no, so real real quick, uh, just, just to give this some context. Macaulay Culkin. Uh-huh. Uh, y- young man you might have heard of. Uh, 
Uncle Buck, 1989, but he really comes on the scene in 1990 for Home Alone. 1990? That From 1990 to this movie, he does Home Alone, Michael Jackson, Black or White, My Girl, Home Alone 2, The Good Son, The Nutcracker, Getting Even with Dad, and then The Pagemaster. You're right. Richard Rich comes out after Pagemaster. Oh, interesting. Because this and is Thanksgiving, so that... Then he's in a Sonic Youth music video in 98. And he doesn't do anything till uh, Party Monster in 2003 when he kind of oh, comes back So this back is up literally the, the last of the Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, not the last because no, he's right. done more things. We but it's like... We saw a video with him in it, yeah. We had like a big Macaulay Culkin run yeah. and then... I mean, that's, that's smart, right? Because at that point, you're like probably heading into like voice change and puberty. I, also, he's got good bajillion dollars at this point. Yeah, I don't know how much of this was or was not his choice. Mac sure. had Mac had some challenging... Yes. Family. And challenging other things yeah. that have come out over the years. So anyway, anyway, Kate, do you want to summarize this? I would like to try. <laughs> uh, All right. Kate, I got mine done in under two minutes. If I can cared I, less, can I could I, probably do that. You, well, try caring less. Try caring you less. got two okay. minutes, and then I'm going to cut All your right. mic off. And here we go. Richard is a boy. Um, is played by Macaulay Culkin. He's scared of everything because he reads statistics and gets freaked out. Um, he goes to the hardware store to help his dad finish a treehouse in the middle of a storm, but gets uh, uh, trapped in a library and there's no power. He's got to call home. And uh, Christopher Lloyd is the librarian. He's like, you should check out a book. He's like, no thanks. I got to call home. And then he slips on the floor and then he gets knocked out. And then, whoa, all of a sudden the world is animated. He meets three books, horror, adventure, and fantasy, and then has adventures in each of those genres. Horrors, adventures, and fantasies. Horror, he meets Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde and has to beat him. Then, in Adventure, he meets a bunch of pirates and he has to, like, outsmart them and, like, survive the seas. And then in Fantasy, there's a dragon that he's got to fight. And then a beanstalk he's got to climb up to the top of the tower. And then he meets the page master. And the page master's like, so, what'd you do? And he's like, well, I, you know, these are all the villains I fought. And he's like, cool. You wouldn't have done that if you didn't get knocked out and animated. So, good on you. And then Macaulay Culkin wakes up. He checks out all of the books uh usually not allowed but christopher lord will Wait, allow it three books he goes home and he's not scared of things anymore he sleeps in the treehouse and he was afraid to go in the treehouse so his book adventures helped him conquer his fears in real life 44 seconds left okay boom what okay why so don't you do to a, be fair why don't you do them more like that there is not much movie that here. was great um, uh, what else can I talk about? I've heard you summarize way um, less of a movie. Oh, he goes over a sweet bike jump. It's without a helmet, so like maybe he needs to find a middle ground between being scared this is and 1994. Like, not you don't, jeopardizing this his is before helmets. actual life. Um, this is before helmets existed. Uh, it's not. That's false. Mm. Anyway, um, I feel like Christopher Lloyd should maybe be a bigger part of this movie. Um, but it's okay. He's, He's pretty big. He's like twice the size of Macaulay Culkin. Beep. Um, yeah, there's not much to this movie. You know what there is to this movie? I'll bank. I'll bank that 44 seconds for all of my past. You will not bank that 44 seconds. You know what there is to this movie, and I just want to point this out before I forget. There's a lot of Star Treks. Tell tell me. Well, you got Leonard Nimoy, who played. Uh, Professor who played uh, Dr. Spock, uh-huh. the baby book guy, Dr. Spock. Yes. Um, no, you got Leonard Nemo who played Spock. You've got... Uh, and in this, pa- he's Jekyll and Hyde. Yep. You got Patrick Stewart mm. who played uh, Jean-Luc Picard. Mm-hmm. 
He's Adventure the Book. Mm-hmm. You've got Whoopi Goldberg, who played Guinan. Fantasy the Book. That's true. Um, you've got, um, oh shoot, who's horror? Frank, Frank Welker, Welker, right? Frank Welker was one of Spock's screams in Star Trek Three. Okay. And, no, but seriously, there's a Star Trek connection here. Uh-huh. He did the voice of Leonard Nimoy at one point. Ed Begley Jr.'s got to be in a Star Trek at some point, right? Ed Begley Jr.'s got to be in a Star Trek at some point, He's right? In Captain Planet. I'd put Ed Begley Jr. in a Star Trek. It just, it seems right. Anyway, there's a lot of Star Trek in here, and it sure. it makes me happy. Did I mention Guinan? I did, right? Who's yeah. Whoopi Goldberg. Gaia? Guinan. Gaia. Guinan. Captain Planet. No. I know it's fun to be like, yeah, Captain Planet, but... The show's not great. Star Trek The Next Generation is one of the best shows ever. How can so, you say that show's not great when it taught us to reduce, reuse, and recycle? So she is the Gaiman. 90s. Sure. Gaiman. Um, was this... So Phantom Tollbooth was slightly different than what I thought. Like, the structure was the same, but the enjoyment was different. From what you knew about the Page Master, was this surprising? Was this what you expected? Okay, so let me or tell did you... did you not know at all about the Page Master? Okay, so, so let me tell you about the Page Master. Uh, when I uh, had heard about this movie and seen previews, maybe, I thought it was a kid who doesn't like to read goes on a bunch of book adventures and then learns to like to read. Sure. Or That sounds like a very reasonable premise. Or a kid who really likes to read. Mm-hmm goes on a bunch of book adventures and then is like, oh, I should go on adventures outside of books too. Mm. But that is neither of those. Yeah. The, the fact that it's books is incidental at it's, best. Yeah, it's irrelevant to the framing device. Yeah. This, Mostly. This kid does not feel strongly about books one way or the other. It's the stories in the books that are is what we're told is important, right? That he can go on these adventures and become less afraid right. through reading. But yeah, like why is it reading? Why is it not like a series of career day lectures, right? Why like, is it not like a movie? Uh, what do you mean by that? Like why is it not movies? Mm-hmm. Why is it not comics? Why is it like why is it books specifically? Yeah. Which easy answer, oh this kid hates reading. But he doesn't. Yeah. Or this kid loves reading, but he doesn't. He just kind of cares about statistics. Yeah. So it's interesting because I wonder how much has changed. So this came from a six-page pitch by one of the writers, and the title of it is Library Days. So I wonder if that's part of it, right? Right. If library is in the title. um, Yeah, the statistics thing, I mean, maybe that was just... Was that kind of his character in My Girl, too? I don't know. I didn't see My Girl, Like, too. I wonder if it's... I know he's, like, f- afraid of things. Um, so well, I, he's afraid of bees. He, well, he should. he's allergic to bees. Wow. There's reason to be afraid. Oh, poor, poor kid. Hmm. Um, so I wonder, like, how much of this is, like... Um, we have this script laying around, and Macaulay Culkin said he'd be in this, so let's try to... Let's try to do both, right? Let's I, try to like play to one of the Macaulay Culkin archetypes. Okay, sure, but <laughs> of the two. But if you're gonna do that, right? Like I, I am so upset at this movie for just 
just messing that up. Sure. Because it's so easy. Macaulay Culkin is obsessed with statistics. We've already got that. Mm-hmm. Cool. And his dad is maybe his dad will say like, hey, why don't you read that Treasure Island book I got you? And then he's like, dad, those are made up stories. Those aren't useful. Right? Like it could have been a nonfiction. Ver- we yeah. were talking about this. Like <laughs> I like books, but only nonfiction books. So, yeah. Yeah. Which to, to be fair would resonate with me. I mm-hmm. don't read fiction books anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just don't. I, I don't have the time. I don't care. Right. Um. So aside from some missed opportunities in the premise. Mm. I was also expecting this one to not hold up very well because it doesn't sound like it should. And it was fine. Do you remember? It was not. No, it was. I do remember. It wasn't bad. There was no scene in it where I'm like, oh, they didn't have the money to do this. Like, it was fine. I don't remember. That's I think that's the biggest. When you were like mentioning the dragon. You mentioned the dragon twice before we recorded. I had to look up the dragon. Though. And I was still I like, I don't know if there was a dragon, Kate. That doesn't sound true. In general, these three episodes in the animated world. Oh, by the way, when he comes back, he's real life again. I think I left yeah, that out of the summary. I'll add that back. In he's real life. And now seconds. he has books. Well, he's checked out three from the library. Chris Christopher Lord let him. I included that in my summary. And they, but he doesn't love books. He just... Has yeah, three books. We'll see what he does with them next. Those All books, he has time to do Those is books sleep. are titled Horror, Adventure, yeah. uh, and Pirate. I, I assume they're... Advent- uh, no. Fantasy. fantasy. I assume they are anthologies. I guess. But also, like, why would you put all of Moby Dick and Treasure Island... Inside of an and anthology? And Gulliver's Travel inside of one book. Those, It seems like you could just check out those books. Why, why would you put something with dragons uh maybe like a lord of the rings with mother goose yeah fantasy just kind of seemed like they ran out of ideas so i was gonna say the three like the 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 three acts of the animated segment yeah are 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 divided yeah yeah in order horror adventure and fantasy and i feel like each is a diminishing returns in terms of care put into it and just literal time yeah like you spend a half hour in horror and then like 15 minutes in adventure and then like five minutes in fantasy. Tell me. Done. Tell me. This movie is only 75 minutes long. Tell me what happens in horror. Um, So it's there. There's some time spent on the approach to the scary house. Mm -hmm. And then you meet horror in there. Yeah. He meets adventure and fantasy in the animated library. Yeah. But yeah, horror is a book. So they like meet horror and find out that this house is scary and they shouldn't go in, but they do. And then they meet um, Mr. Jekyll and it, no, Dr. Jekyll, Jekyll. And he like takes him through their, through this lab and talks about this potion. And then he turns into Mr. Hyde what? and then suddenly it's like a battle. And that animation is really cool. Yeah. There's some like cool lighting things that go on there. So we've and I got. I feel like it takes some time for them to get out of that house. Yeah. And like, um, and now, now I'm thinking, we watched a, a YouTube where Macaulay Culkin, as an adult, yeah. uh, plays the Page Master video game. And it seems like the horror level, which comes first, is impossible uh, to beat. Yeah. So maybe the game is structured like the movie. I, I'm just realizing I just think now, those like, guys were bad at video games. <laughs> um, but he, so, so horror is, is longer. We've got Jekyll and Hyde. And We've a got a scary concept. castle. We've got yeah. like... Some bats, like yeah. But do do you feel? 
I guess here's what I'm getting at. Do you feel that it encapsulated horror for you? I think it encapsulated a certain type of horror, right? Interesting. Okay. So one of the things about the stories in this movie is they were all public domain in 1994. Sure. So that no one had to pay money for things. So you've got a lot of like kind of like, I don't know if it's like Gothic Victorian. You have like the Jekyll and Hyde era of horror aesthetic going on. for, For me... I bought that. I was like, yeah. okay, yep, yeah, yeah. this is horror books. We've got that. Great. Yes. You're kind of in a universe that reflects. And then we get to adventure, <laughs> which is just books that happen on the water. It's just water adventures. It's yeah, strictly yeah. ocean adventures. Yes. And adventure is a pirate. Like the, the book adventure is a pirate character. Sure. He's got an eye patch and a peg leg and yeah. But it's Moby Dick. Yeah, which isn't which isn't an adventure as much as a metaphor. Oh, um, because Moby Dick symbolizes a whale. Is that right? Um, yeah, it's just pi- I guess I didn't like. Obviously, so it's, it is. It's but that. It's, just it's boats, pirate stuff. And then is Gulliver's Travels? It's part very of briefly fantasy or adventure. No, it's adventure. It's like. We find that like horror has been roped down, a la Gulliver's Travel, but he's out of it like that. So and then they move on to fantasy. Yeah, so we move on from the Gullah Gullah Island part into fantasy, <laughs> and then fantasy. There's like, it's literally the boy saying, "Look, there's Mother Goose like, at a flying bird," and then there's a dragon they fight, and then they meet the page master again. Boom, like done, and like. None of, I don't know, like, so I guess you say, fantasy and adventure are different, but, like, the fact that the fantasy character is the female book made me think that it was more going to be, like, fairy tales, mm-hmm. as opposed to just, like, dragon, which to me is more adventure, even though it's, like, fantasy genre. And if dragon is fantasy, why is Gulliver's Travels adventure? Like I yeah, am, I, I the genres of these movies do not because he gets or of these books he gets do not roped work. down on a beach and that's near water. Yeah, uh, that, I advent, mean, you can't water, have adventure without water. That's I mean it's horror, water, and fantasy maybe. Yeah, the better. It's horror, water, mother goose and dragons. Dick, you know what makes a lot more sense is the lands that Milo visits in the Phantom Tollbooth. Let's talk about that. And by more sense, I mean. Lessons, I except executed better. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I agree totally. So let's can we list where he goes? And these are all sure. part of the Phantom Tollbooth. So he starts out trying to get to the castle in the air because he has to because he you. just has to list a destination, and that's the first point. He just like I don't know, I'll go there, that. I guess. And he ends up like he meets the cop, and then he like falls asleep driving. And he ends up in the doldrums. Mm-hmm. And the doldrums are just a place where you lays around mm-hmm. and like put off your podcast for two days. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And then he gets saved by the dog. Uh-huh. And then they go to Letteropolis? I think so. They might have like a pass by something else. Yeah. Like that they, might be the, di- the cacophony. They meet, they meet the cacophony guy. He likes but that's noise. not a destination. No. Like, he meets the weatherman before the doldrums, but right. that's not a destination. 
So then they go to Letteropolis, which is a, a oh yeah, this Dic- doesn't Dictionopolis. work. Dictionopolis. Dictionopolis. So it's a. It's s- all words. It's all word play and letter based. And it's people selling. It's Letters mainly people word. selling words to each other in exchange for something. Yeah. Again, this feels like a schoolhouse rock conceit where it's yeah. like a talking bill or like conjunction. Ju- there, There is no train station that's uh, organized around conjunctions, but it was, you know, a but, thing they did to but teach you. Letteropolis it. is not great, but it's Opolis. sorry. Wordopolis. Dictionopolis is, is not great, but it beats the hell out of Digitopolis, the number city. When is it in between there? That they are first introduced to uh, the chroma, the rainbow conductor, oh, who, orchid, who conducts the sunset and sunrise yeah. every day. That's I guess that's what colors like. I guess. Yeah, but they but similar to like horror to adventure to fantasy, like they spend like thirty minutes in Dictionopolis, like a lot of time doing a lot of word jokes and songs and things. They get thrown into a dungeon there. Yeah, and then they're in Digitopolis for. A song. A song, that, which is a reprise of the song from Dictionopolis. Right, but it's emphasizing the numbers and like T for two and three blind mice instead of the words. But also like they're using a lot of like words. Right. The whole thing in Dictionopolis is like if you mention a number like there's four million. They're like, no, 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 no numbers. Yeah. And like. It's not like Digitopolis speaks in binary code. Like Which I, they're I thought, using words along with their numbers. I thought it, could be really neat if they did. Right. I, like not in binary, but or it like could be neat if like he to, couldn't understand them because they were right. just like two four two four four. Yeah. But that's not what they did. They just again like fantasy kind of ran out of ideas and time and said, "Well, let's let's get moving with this." And then. The castle in the air. Then it's the de- it's a series of demons like vices, right? Um, v- vices like <sighs> feeling sad or like trivium, like getting caught on trivium. I like trivium. He was a creepy. Yeah, he was a good character design. I like creep me out, and I just generally like no that face. he's like, hey, I tell you what, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give you a stupid task gonna to move this work pile on of sand to over there with the tweezers i like that yeah uh that was probably my favorite villain yeah also there's a point where they're like at a circus oh what's the circus oh no but the spelling bee is there and that, the humbug a, is that's there. a market is that a market is there a circus too Are i there don't know clowns? oh my gosh anyway See, and that's the thing like at least in the page master, I know the three things. <laughs> like, you can get caught up in, like, okay, what books are these? Like, what stories? But in Phantom Tollbooth, there's just so much. And I assume there's stuff they left out from the book, right? Also, like, lands. Can you tell me kindly which land is not based on wordplay? Is there a land that's not based on wordplay? None. These are all. They're uh, all based all on wordplay. It's a fucking Terry Pratchett universe. Like, okay, I, one. One, no, it's not, because Terry Pratchett is great. Terry Pratchett for kids. <laughs> no, that's also Terry Pratchett. He did a series of books for young adults oh. that are awesome. Um, the this is this is like, I mean, you're right when it's like Schoolhouse Rocks, but it's like, hey, we got really hung up on word jokes, and now that's all we're doing. Yeah. 
they were really excited about it. It would be I I have no interest in reading this book ever again, but it would be interesting to see what the ballot like what the ratios no. are. No, it wouldn't. In the book versus also, I think the author of, of this book hated the movie. I think all of this would work better in a book too because sure. it's a lot of word play, mm-hmm. which is often funnier written. Sure. To me than spoken. Although they did some... So, okay. So why... Are there any um, valuable features of having made a movie out of this? No. I disagree. Okay, what do you got? I think there are some really inventive things happening with the animation. Oh, yeah, yeah. That I, one, do not associate with Chuck Jones. Like, I associate Looney Tunes with the very general principles, like squash, stretch, boom, right? Like any Anyone who has listened to this podcast knows that you hate the Looney Tunes. Almost as much as I hate Peanuts. Yeah. But we'll talk about that on another episode. We probably won't. That's barely animated. Yeah, it is barely. I don't know if Peanuts counts as an it's animated movie. a picture book. I think Cats is a more animated movie <laughs> than Peanuts. Um. Anything peanuts. So anyway, so for instance, the doldrums are very like, you know, very lazy and very slouchy. And the animation is just they're constantly oozing like piles of slime. And they're like semi-transparent. Yeah. Which is interesting. So like you can see the layers because it's 1970, but it looks pretty cool. Like they did a good job with it. And they're just constantly like shape, like just taking the shape of whatever they're surface is yeah is and they multiply and that you really feel like you're stuck in the doldrums oh, the place you, and the you, you literally do. and figuratively especially when you're listening to that song i mean so there are some audio mixing issues on this movie i don't know what year delay was invented but this movie uh, uses a lot of delay yeah. a lot of reverb and it's like way too much just to like like the doldrum song, I couldn't understand. It is. And sometimes, and they like go in and out of it, right? I feel like sometimes they had like an editor going through it and being like, look, we can't understand this. And they took it out and sometimes they didn't. I appreciate the the uh, the big swings though in this movie <laughs> because like this is, this is more of what I thought Yellow Submarine was going to be mm. in terms of like pushing some artistic boundaries. But Yellow Submarine was just too much all the time and it didn't work for it me. It never gave you a break. Yeah. This was like every scene was something slightly different. Mm-hmm. Um even with the wordplay, I know you mentioned that it would work better in a book, but I like some of the visual things that they did with words. It reminded me not only of School House Rock, but like some of the um kind of old school Sesame Street mm-hmm. intercuts with like different playing with words and, you know, squishing together words to make compound words. And I really liked that. Okay. I liked the um I liked that the demons looked a lot different than the other characters. I just I, I was every scene had something for me to like um there's something that grabbed my eye that like even if I didn't care about what was going on, I was enjoying watching this. Yeah. And seeing what new animation thing that they were doing in each scene. So I appreciated that. Let me let me you, you, I think, uh, said, is there something along the lines of, was there redeeming value in this being mm-hmm. made into a movie? I want to uh, approach that f- from a different angle sure. and say, 
what why was this movie like what is the point of it yeah does it get that point across like is it what is it trying to tell us as a movie especially as a like a kids movie from the 70s mm-hmm. i assume it has a, a moral of some sort right um and i feel like both of these movies attack that with the framing right at least their stated reason right yeah. milo starts out super bored probably like seemingly clinically depressed he's depressed he's and absolutely a depressed cannot young find man. anything that piques his interest anything that he wants to do he goes into this land gets like you know spun around every which way by all these characters is like tangentially involved in saving a kingdom although it's not r- super clear why rhyme and reason couldn't just do that and, because like, they can fly and they're not locked up at all and, Unclear. like, it seems like they'd be able to beat the demons, too. Yeah. Like, there's nothing that this little kid has inherently. Anyway, point is, he finds a lot of things to do with, like, letters and numbers and colors and music, things that he has, in you know, encounters with in his everyday life. There are some, if the movie starts with him, like, kind of just zonked out at school and some of the things that the teacher kind of wah, 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 says there are, they come back in the animated segments. Mm-hmm. So he comes back with a zest for life in a way he didn't before because he realizes that all these like mundane things are actually really exciting. And when he thinks more, he gets out of his doldrums and he has this creative power. That's what it's trying to say. So, so you just summarize the movie again. Sure. I want you to tell me what this movie is is trying to teach us beyond the book just what this movie is trying to teach us like look at the movie is it i don't know thinking is power is it is that what it's teaching us thinking that's the doldrums scene yeah that's not the rest of it i agree i'm just i like legitimately i'm that's what movie's telling us i didn't say it was telling us the whole 90 minutes i i feel like this movie is 90 minutes or however long of adults yelling at a depressed kid yes. to stop being depressed. Don't be lazy. Yeah. No. Don't be not depressed. Don't be lazy. Yeah. Don't be depressed. Mm. I feel like that's all it is. Mm-hmm. And it's rough. Yeah. Like, especially like, I was a depressed kid. I was great at it. Um, and this kid, like, he starts, he's just like kind of walking through life. He's like, he walks through a bunch of goats because he's not even paying attention. Mm-hmm. He's just, man, he's just like, I don't, nothing cool happens. I don't. Yeah. And then something cool happens and everything's better. Mm-hmm. So, like, one, I feel like all of the characters in the movie are adults and they're, like, just yelling at this kid for, sure, like, being sad or being tired. Mm-hmm. And then two, nothing that this kid does is what snaps him out of it. It's he just waits until something happens. And then the same exact thing happens to his friend. Yeah. Like, hey, are you a depressed kid? We got a box. Wait. wait. Yeah. Maybe a box will appear and change your life. Probably not, but maybe it will if you're depressed enough. It doesn't give you a lesson as a viewer so yeah. much it's just milo's singular story i have nothing to take home yeah um and that's weird 
Yeah. I mean, I, again, I'm not going to read the book again, but it doesn't seem like a book that's any better. I didn't read the book. Also, right? I I watched the movie. Why do an adaptation? This book was not very old when the movie um, came out. Mm. Um, It was nine years old by the time the movie came out, but it was delayed a couple, like it was supposed to come out in 68. Sure. Um, So... I mean, they're making a like right. Charlotte's Web is around this time. There's a there's an interest in making books into movies, into animated movies specifically I mean, around this time. Also, you say Charlie and the Chocolate, Chocolate, yeah. Chocolate, 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 Charlie Factory. and the Chocolate Factory, and that's absolutely what this reminds me of. I mean, it's similar, right? It's like, like it's kids a- stop being like that, or you'll get eaten by. And, like, I don't think Charlie Bucket is depressed, but, like, his His life is is. depressing. I don't know. Grandpa Joe's okay. But his mom is is in bad shape. And all his other grandparents, his other 30 grandparents are in rough shape. (laughs) But, like, like, it's still, like, oh, a kid has to learn a bunch of lessons Right. From adults who are yelling at him or tricking him. Yeah. And the one time he ha- tries to do something fun, like drink the fizzy lifting drink or uh-huh. direct the sunset, mm-hmm. everything goes wrong and he shouldn't that's have tried a, to have fun. That's a really interesting... Yeah, I forgot about when he tries to direct the sunrise and it does not go well. Does not that go well. That is a very well. good analogy with the fizzy lifting. Yeah, I. so I didn't get so much he's being yelled at. Like... Certainly, like lectured, or like I mean, the explained. cop yells at him. Yeah, that I I don't think that cop is to be taken seriously, even in the it's in the universe. Hard to tell. Um, I like it's more like he's just thrown into like you must be the one to solve this problem because you are new here. Yeah. So he doesn't really choose it, but I do. I feel like to me, this you know whether or not there's value in the actual message like you said like no maybe we shouldn't be telling uh depressed kids to just stop it um but i think there's more um it's a more cohesive message from beginning to end like right he has to come up with some ideas and like work together with other yeah. people whereas in the page master like you said it's just fear of it's- statistics and then books and then no fear of statistic like there's no there's no glue (laughs) i i was trying to figure out um and it's it's a six-year difference so i don't i don't know how inspired it is by it at all but it reminded me of rain man where like have you seen rain man yes dustin hoffman's an autistic uh adult Mm -hmm. and he like refuses to fly uh, Tom Cruise is like driving him across the country because mm-hmm. uh, uh, he won't fly because he just like rattles off the statistics of all these like jets that crash and he's yeah. like these airlines are all unsafe I will only fly on this one safe airline which doesn't fly in this area right mm-hmm. like and I'm like is this are is this the character that we're supposed like is this supposed to be a Rain Man type character because. The parents, like at the beginning, are like, oh, you should do this. And he's like, well, statistically, you've got a 90% chance of dying doing that. Or, And I'm like, are like, are we inspired by that? Are we not? Am I looking into something that's not there? 
because the character doesn't seem autistic in any no. way. He doesn't seem on the spectrum, but he is just throwing out statistics, and that's what it sure, made me think of. Sure, statistics is is part of in the early nineties a set of behaviors. Um, yeah, I don't think there's text evidence for that. Sure. I think I do think early mid nineties are when you start talking a lot about for children and adults, like going to therapy is a very like hot thing to put in movies, right? Mm. Um, and like realizing that kids have these anxieties that we just kind of brushed off before we told them not to be depressed instead of like working with them and listening yeah. to them. Did, did you do that? Uh, this is like a total tangent. Did you ever see The Exorcist? Mm-mm. So the kid is like a in is possessed by a demon and is like floating off her bed and, yeah. and vomiting or her head spinning around and stuff. And mom takes her to the doctors and the doctor's like, seems like she has attention deficit disorder. We're going to give her some Ritalin. No. And I'm just like, whoa, neat job, exorcist. That's cool. (laughs) At no point are they like, we should give her therapy because the exorcist is a older movie. Anyway. Yeah. It's worth a watch. It's fine. I think it has more, to me, it has more to do with just how like kids were portrayed in the 90s when they were like any kind of main character right yeah. like i'm thinking about like the santa claus 2 right which is like one or two years later you're the only one and, that's like, thinking Charlie of the santa claus movie, 2 like he speaks in a very like professional like he's imitating adults around him um, and like using lots of jargon and like this was just a thing and then right there's like there's a there's a cute thing where a kid is really really smart right yeah and so i think yeah, I think it's more played for like comedy and more played for like this kid is thinking about a lot of things and he's not getting outside of his head enough. Yeah. Right. So again, like there's there's a connection to be made between this like fictional escape versus like the harsh reality of statistics of danger. Yeah. But it's not it's you know, it it doesn't quite connect. No. The the trapeze acrobat doesn't catch the other acrobat. Yeah, I I feel like I've already gone off about this enough, but still, it is insane that they did not make any kind of connection between the live action bookends, yo, and the middle part that's all book. Yeah, insane. It is. It it's is. Not that, and it's, it's a library too, right? Yeah. And he checks out books at the end. There should he should absolutely not like to read. And he doesn't he's he's not at the library. He's at the library because he's like on his way to the hardware store. Right. And there's a storm, mm-hmm. so he seeks cover. Yeah. It's not because he has to Do read something. Or, it's yeah. not because and he doesn't go in there and be like, Oh, it's a bunch of icky books. Mm-hmm. He's just like, Well, I'm in a library. Sure. Yeah. It yeah. Anyway, it's great unclear i feel like when it all comes down to it like why either of these movies were made they both seem like more like well what do we do next uh this idea is here great let's make it yes you raised your hand i did i think robert picardo's in this movie as well he's the doctor on star trek voyager that's three different star treks wonderful you're welcome um (laughs) so what okay Episodic movies we've watched for this podcast. Ooh. Page Master. Yes. Phantom Tollbooth. Yeah. Yellow Submarine. Mm. Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. 
I'd say sword in sword in the stone. Sword in the stone. To a certain yeah, like I don't think it means to be episodic, but no one checked that it wasn't. Um, so here we are. What are there any others that I'm missing that you can? George Hearn. Off the tech. George Hearn. Attend the tale. Yeah, Sweeney Todd guy. George Hearn. Episodic movies that we've watched. Yeah, that's hard to say. I mean, and kind of like the really old Disney, right? Like Dumbo and Pinocchio and Bambi are all kind of episodic in their own ways. I mean, do but we... these are more explicitly so. Like over the garden wall, I guess, but that's yeah, I mean, literally... Yeah, literally episodes. A, episodes. And it is about a thing, right? There's like a... I mean, I guess some of these are. So, <laughs> all right, Dick, explain to me why I liked actually both of these movies better than Alice in Wonderland. Uh, I don't know. You're a heathen? The, I was going to say, like, Alice in Wonderland has, uh, like, a million, infinite more, you know, uh, societal, cultural capital than either of these two titles, book or movie. But I, So I'm going to say that part of it is expectation. Sure. You go into Alice in Wonderland, which is a Disney movie, which you're like, ah, this is, this is, aha, this is old school Disney. Mm-hmm. This is going to be great. And you're like, huh, that's, it's not great. Uh, plus, we had the unexpected pleasure of watching uh, uh, Care, Bears Care Bears in Wonderland. Care Bears in Wonderland. So good. Which ended up being really good. Delightful. Um, compared to The Page Master, which I think we expected to be bad, mm-hmm. and uh, The Phantom Tollbooth, which I had built up to be terrifying. Right. So I think part of his expectation... I, I wonder if sense. we watch one of these with uh, Alice in Wonderland, if there's like a a difference uh, of perception. Mm-hmm. Alice in Wonderland has much better music than. Uh, I uh, like just purely from a time machine perspective. I enjoyed the music in Phantom Tollbooth. Like oh it was God. all very, very nineteen seventy, very like. I liked the. Would op- you like to? Yeah, I liked the opening song a yeah. lot, the Milo song, mm-hmm. which was pretty similar to the Alice in Wonderland opening song, to be fair. But like the 1970 version of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, I <coughs> I found some of the other music to be just obnoxious or yeah. unlistenable in the case of the doldrums. Yeah, I understood all the songs though like none of them were just like oh my gosh what is happening like they were kind of something to sit through i didn't mind the doldrum song i know you had the the audio panning or the delay issue especially but i thought it was kind of fun i i'm i'm wondering now to answer my own question i wonder if even (laughs) like cohesion and like over arc issues aside i think both milo and richard I'm given more reasons to care about them than Alice. Like, Alice is very much a blank slate going into this. Yeah. Whereas, like, you see that Richard and Milo have a problem to solve. (laughs) Whether or not that gets successfully done is another thing, but, like, you spend enough time with them in in the before. Yeah. Um, And maybe maybe the live action does something, too. Maybe Alice in Wonderland would read differently. (coughs) But, because, like, you know... Alice's world is realistic before she pops into Wonderland, but like the aesthetic is kind of the same, even though things are like 
weird shapes in Wonderland. You know, like these, the rabbit looks like a rabbit. The, are these characters both um, like, do these characters each represent a piece of Alice? In Alice in Wonderland? Well, at least this? at the very least, right? I mean, like, you have to think that Phantom, there's some inspiration. Phantom Tollbooth is about a kid who is depressed or possibly just bored. Uh-huh. Uh, Alice, at the beginning of Alice in Wonderland, the, yeah. the Disney film, uh, is like not paying attention to her studies. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like focused on other things. It's pretty similar there. Mm-hmm. She doesn't care about statistics, so no, it's not both of these characters. <laughs> Never is she mind. Scared of something? No, she just doesn't listen. Yeah, she's just yeah. A, she's a girl who doesn't listen, and she should listen. We're adults telling you this. So, so that could be part of it, or at least like, like in Alice in Wonderland, I have no idea what to expect next. Is the other thing like the White Rabbit is a totally different jam than the tea party is a totally different jam than the caterpillar whereas like right milo's adventures are all somehow related to subjects you would encounter in school yeah and richard's adventures are all related to genres of stories so there's at least like a a a framing device within (laughs) the framing device and one one thing i will guide my brain both of these movies over alice in wonderland is you've got a companion from the world to like explain some things right so you've got milo and you've got macaulay culkin right Mm -hmm. they're both outsiders they don't know what's going on yeah in the case of the page master he meets Mm. various books Mm -hmm. who give him like insight as to what's going on yeah and they're like on his side yeah and in the case of phantom tollbooth you've got talk the right. watchdog right who is on his side right and who can explain some things that are going on yeah. in alice in wonderland you don't like there's not a reliable narrator right because even yeah, yeah. the characters that you meet like from the world don't Bonkers. necessarily know what's going yeah. on yeah that's that's really interesting hmm. Thank you for breaking this down. This is great. Yeah. I hate Alice in Wonderland. This is great. Yeah. Uh, you really do. I really do. I was shocked how much I hated uh, it. We should watch Care Bear in Wonderland again. Sure. You like hats? I'm mad about hats. <laughs> uh, are there any other lingering thoughts from one no. more of these movies? I think I think we can go for like a page master runtime on this episode. Yeah, it's it's fine. Somewhere between a page master pa- seventy five and a page master went 90. like in one ear and out the other, mm. and in one eye and out the other. Uh-huh. And I remember very little of it. Yeah, honestly. And Phantom Tollbooth, uh, like I was pleasantly surprised that I didn't want to hide under the covers, mm-hmm. but I'm a little upset that. I mean, you know, it's... it's. it's Did you kind of want to see some letter people? Yeah, I wanted to be a little terrified. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I was a little disappointed that I wasn't. Yeah. But I also, like, I'm a little upset that the moral of the movie is, like, we'll yell at you until you're happy. Isn't that... That's a song from uh, Wonka, right? Cheer up, Charlie. I don't know the melody, but that's what the mom sings. Oh, I don't the, know. The also depressed mom, yeah. I have heard uh, the mom sing that song. Yeah. And it's just it's just gone from I, my mind. If you cut the first half hour of Charlie and Chocolate Factory, 
or Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. It's a better movie. I, I mean, there's a reason they changed the name of it from the book, right? They're like, they knew, like, oh, we got Gene Wilder for this. We're just yeah. going to kind of change it. The um, Chocolate Factory is the fun part. Everything else is just I will say, I oh, like, drag. I like when the kids are getting the tickets. I think sure. that's fun. But yeah, there's, I mean, there's a half hour outside of that, though, too. Like, yeah. you get way too much time with Charlie's family. We anyway. just, we just, you know what? If you want to see a better version of that movie, just watch F- Fry and the Slurm Factory. It's great. Uh, Kate, yep. is it time for the final? It's time for the final it's time cut. It's time for the final cut. Series of segments uh, where we kind of just... Uh, chop, chop, chop. Yep, chop, chop. Check chop. off some chop, things chop. that maybe we didn't talk about Chibity or some chop. superlatives. Chop. Dick. You have a scene shout out for Phantom Tollbooth? Oh, do given I? Given that it didn't terrify you the way you thought it I do it have would. a scene shout yeah. out, yeah. Um, I don't think it worked perfectly, but I enjoyed it. Um, at the very beginning, um, Milo opens the Tollbooth present and it like forms a car around yeah. him. And then he like, he's like, oh, I guess I'll drive through this it's Tollbooth. Like power wheels, yeah. And the Tollbooth is like, there's like a voice on the Tollbooth that's like, hey, you got to pick a destination, you know, sort of thing. And he p- picks a destination. He puts in like a coin to the toll booth so he can pass through. And he drives through and he's a cartoon. And then he looks at his hand. And he's like, whoa. And then and he's he backs- still in his room at this yeah, point. Yeah, he's still yeah. in his room. And then he backs up and he's a real person again. Mm-hmm. And he goes forward and he's a cartoon. And he backs up and he's a real person and then he like stands in the toll booth yeah. and he sticks one human arm out one side and a cartoon out the other. So clever. And he's just like having a fun time. Yeah. And like possibly my favorite part of it is the end of this scene is when the toll booth yells at him and is like, you got to pick one way or the other. <laughs> and Milo's like, ugh. Like he was enjoying himself. Yeah. He was having fun. Yeah. Like, the whole movie is like, this kid is bored, and then he starts having fun at, like, the five-minute mark, Yeah, and he gets yelled at anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, that scene was great. Uh, I, you know, the animation and the live action didn't didn't line up perfectly, and mm-hmm. it, but it was pretty good. It was really fun. That's a good scene shout-out. Thank you. And now I'm not sure that I have one. Um, uh, oh. Yeah, and that's a moment that, like, told me like oh you can maybe trust this movie a little bit yeah. that you're very worried about because also like a kid would do that come on well, and it's very like it's you know it's like where maybe like a musical would stop to do a song mm. just to make sure you get it yeah. right like not stop to make, continue with the song yes it's musical theater but, you don't stop um yeah. all right what do i i'm looking at a poster of all the do you want to do do you want to shout out your favorite song from the movie Oh, what was my favorite song from the movie? I don't I don't think I have a favorite song. Um, I You know what? I'm going to shout out the Duldrum scene. Yeah. Um that's it fair. was really uncomfortable to watch. Like it was the most letter people yeah. of anything, but it was a scene about what it was about. And, and it was you, it was supposed to be uncomfortable. You felt like you were getting sucked into the Duldrums with Milo. With the animation, with the sound, with the song, he keeps trying to drive out, and they like overtake his car with slime. Yeah. The my really my good. very favorite thing in the doldrums is when, like Milo gives up and he kind of slouches, mm-hmm. and then his car like slouches. Yep, that's really cool. Yeah, 
It was a really good piece of visual storytelling. And it was just like, oh, they've been they've been waiting to do this. Like they don't really have the opportunity to do something no. like story. I feel like Looney Tunes storytelling is more character driven than like uh, tone than or like mood narrative. driven. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, that was really fun. Oh. Nice, Kate. Do you have a scene shout out from whatever the other movie is? Page Man. The Page Master. Dr. Pages. I do. I really liked the um, Mr. Hyde sequence. Mm. Um, so when he transforms, he goes from like a, you know, like a regular looking human, like on model for this movie into like, he's got a lot more angles. Like yeah. he's more silhouetted and shadowed. And so he's more like shapes and beast and monster. But you can still see features of Jekyll in it. And they do some cool things with the lighting. And I feel like layers too. So like the scene is lit in kind of that villain neon green. (laughs) And then there's like layers of like fog or something that go through. I might be just making this all up. But but like Macaulay Culkin's character and the books all keep their character – you know design Mm -hmm. and so it's really cool to see them kind of in this more artsy world and more representational and they're still the characters they are you know we've got some problems with like general like shading and lighting isn't really good in this movie yeah i heard you say the word shadow but i don't remember any shadows yeah light and dark light and dark i guess but yeah again like more arty than i expected this 94 kind of low budget movie sorry do you mean already like artistic or already like the strongest man in the world already like artistic oh okay what did we he's been on our podcast recently yes he has so um my scene shout out is not a scene um it's just a thing that kept happening cool because i i don't like that was the best scene in the movie yeah and i don't think there's really another standout scene but i loved the presence, uh, like the whole plot of this movie is not that he's trying to save someone or do something. He's just trying to get out of the library. Mm. He's trying to find the exit. Mm-hmm. So anytime the exit is represented in yeah. in animation, um, like you like see the exit sign in the distance and yeah. it's really weird to see it like against a pirate ship or whatever yeah i think that's really cool like at the top of a mountain yeah yeah, yeah i forgot about that that's yeah. a cool device dick if you were going to oh yeah shout out an mvp mm-hmm. most valuable phantom or page master wow but only one. Oh. what would you would, what ralph. would you shout out i already said ralph's my ralph. mvp the wet tennis shoe yeah he is the kid on the other side of the phone at the beginning uh, and my and he's just like Milo's friend who Milo depressedly walks home from school, then gets on the phone with his friend to talk about how there's nothing to do. And Ralph just has a really great. I just like I like the delivery of that kid. I like yeah. his general voice. Yeah. And just being like, yeah, there's nothing to do. Stuff is dumb. It's uh, very. Yeah. I, I found him very endearing and I want more Ralph. Yeah. That's great. What about you, Kate? Do you have any MV? I'm going to shout out Chuck Jones. What? What? what, what? To conceptualize a feature that looks like this and is trying to follow a long form story. Yeah. Like, good good on him for taking this on. 
I mean, now that I know that Chuck Jones is the Grinch, he's also risen in esteem for me. Because mm-hmm. um, I think that's a really done half hour. But I hope you're listening, Chuck Jones. Kate yeah, sure uh, appreciates dead. a little bit of your work. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I appreciate a little Did bit of his work. Did you just kill Chuck Jones? I... The, the creator of Looney Tunes cannot still be living. Who did we kill recently? We, uh, Larry King. Oh, yeah, we killed we killed Larry King. Let be Larry King. Um, yeah. Rest in peace. Um, yeah, Chuck, Chuck Jones is very dead. Yeah, yes. Oh. Um, but yeah, I just, I was delighted with animation sequences in a way I don't find myself in movies like this. Huh. So good job, Chuck Jones. Good job, Chuck. You already listed your MVP. What's yep. next? Crossover. Crossover. Oh, boy. Crossover. These are very similar. And So uh, how would you cross them over? All right. I would cross over um, Ralph mm-hmm. with, um, what's his name? Goob? Goob? From Goob. The, from the beginning of Meet the Robinsons. <laughs> Aw. Yeah. I think those kids would hang together. Goob. Aw. Doesn't turn out well for Goob. Uh, uh, but for Sirius, what would you do? Damn it. I was hoping I'd get away with that. I, I don't I don't know. Oh, oh, I don't know. I'm honey. Ready. You go. I think it's it's the the pitch that you're making for Page Master. I think Milo is now in Page Master. Give give Macaulay Culkin a break. He's worked a lot in nineteen ninety four. So you'd have to time travel Eddie Munster. The point is, um, I think Milo. No, I think I think you have a thirty-year-old Eddie Munster. Milo's story works better. He's bored. Maybe he's not hating books, but someone says like, "Pick up a book." He's like, "Why? Why would it matter? Yeah. I wonder if anyone would care if I didn't get out of bed in the morning." Aw, Charlie Brown. Um, Aw, he's a clown. No, he's not. No, Charlie Brown, he's a clown. He's absolutely not. He's going to get caught. Wrong. Just you wait and see. That's not, who are they talking about? Why is everybody always picking on me? Snoopy. He's no, they're a clown. talking about Charlie Brown. He's a clown. Kate. Uh, the point is get with it. Milo's bored. He finds that there are adventures in books. And so, right, there's a little like uh, Peter pan happening with like oh these adventures can be in real life is peter pan about books? no i mean finding neverland like the berry kids like putting on puppet shows in their backyard makes sure. them less sad about dead parents i think like three of them committed suicide well it's fiction oh don't worry about the statistics of the berry children fair <laughs> read a book instead i did yeah that's how i found out uh, it did not go well for fiction them. oh Fiction. Fiction. Cool. So yeah, Milo Milo hops into books. Cool. What's your crossover? Uh oh, you know what I cross over? I cross over uh fantasy voiced by Whoopi Goldberg into the world of um the Phantom Tollbooth. Okay. To get her away from adventure. Oh my gosh. That's a problem. Adventure and fantasy have this like in the last thing. five minutes of the animated segment of the movie, yeah, they just like the creators were like, "Well, there's a boy book and a girl book. Um, there, there's a boy book who's who doesn't have a disability, and so we can pair them off." He because, has a peg leg. Yeah, but 
Um, he has a peg leg. There, there are some problems with the way oh, that you mean horror? Horror Punchbook yeah. is portrayed. He's supposed to be a Quasimodo type, and they dig into everything that Victor Hugo wrote about it. Look, I feel like uh, Frank Welker's voice in that is terrible. He's yeah, my also, LVP. Also bad. Um, anyway, yeah, Adventure tries to well, make out with he fantasy does make out with fantasy. Like she kisses she him. Like, yeah, she kisses him. And then he like tries to kiss her again. She doesn't care for that. She does not care for in like a dark cave. Yeah. And then you noticed this, and I didn't. When it when the like lights come back, she is pulling up her pantyhose. Now this yeah. is a character trait of hers. She has loose fitting pantyhose. Mm-hmm. She's pulling them up throughout the movie, mm-hmm. but in the context of this scene. Eek. Not great, yeah. So, yes, I am getting her out of saving there. Whoopi Goldberg. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, good for good for Whoopi. Saving Whoopi. What does she do in the Tollbooth Land? Um, she becomes Guinan and serves drinks. Gaia serves drinks in the um, Starship Enterprise. Um, so I guess I also like move uh, uh, Patrick Stewart there. Uh, what land is that? The land of the... Th- science fiction. Philosophical science fiction. And here's posers. the thing. Like, she, like, they're not sure what to do about Q, right? Because he's... Patrick Stewart moves there, too. He's adventure. You're no longer pulling her away from adventure. He is, uh, like, a, a this crazy, like, advanced being. Uh-huh. But Guinan is, like, an eternal... Gaia. Like an eternal uh, creature, and so she knows Q's people, Gaia and she is knows an creature. the She's tricks that he gets up to. And she gives she gives William Riker advice. She gives Jean Luc Picard advice. She even gives Data advice when he's trying to become human. She gives Mati advice. I don't know what you're talking about. Heart. All right. Are you finished with your crossover? Yeah. All right. So now it's time for the final. Thank God. Final. Cut. Cut. Where we take each of these movies and decide and whether them we would in the vault. re-release them, special edition them, or throw them in the vault. Uh-huh. Dick. Vault. Which? Oh, I don't know. Which one am I doing? Phantom Tollbooth first. We'll both give a response. <sighs> Phantom Tollbooth, I feel like, has some sort of redeeming value. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I like it more than I did when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So that's something. Something. I don't think it has a great moral. I don't think it has. No, I vault it. There's there are better movies of this style. I just don't know what any of them are named offhand. Cut it up into Sesame Street segments. Mm. That's my special edition. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't need to be a movie, but it fits very nicely alongside one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. More numbers than in Digitopolis. So they need to like get to get the King of Digitopolis Did, needs to look at some of these number segments on. So Digitopolis, like uh, just real quick, they only talked about one through nine. Like they didn't mention is, zero. Yeah, they did. Yeah, which is messed up. Yeah, that's true. It, I feel if like it's that's digits, some I get shit that right. right? Like you're just looking at digits, but yeah, zero is a digit. Mm. All right, that's done. But in like the nineteen, like scattered through the nineteen seventies, I don't think kids are wanting to watch that now. Right. I don't. I haven't watched Sesame Street in years. Like, do you? That's are, not are they, true. We've like, watched Sesame Street. No, like an episode in the last of Sesame year. Street. We've watched Sesame Street takes on racism 
but I am a hundred percent sure that we have watched an episode of Sesame Street. A recent one because it's only on HBO now. I mean, we watched Ralph Nader on that one. Yeah, that we was, watched. You think the Ralph Nader sings people, uh, people in your neighborhood was a recent episode? Yes. So I don't know how much these like seventies style cartoons are in rotation anymore. Yeah. I think Bernie Sanders would hate to do Sesame Street. He'd be so good at it. But I want to hear him do People in Your Neighborhood. He'd be, I think he'd be good with Muppets. And he'd he would speak, hate it. He'd speak the whole thing. Good with Muppets. Bernie These Sanders. are the people in your neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. In your neighborhood. Bernie Sanders have grandchildren. In your neighborhood. I think he could get a grandchild to make him do it. Oh. All that right. seems like something that... Uh, and if he doesn't, let's get that man some grandchildren. Let's go. Let's go. He could go. also have, like, if AOC asked hey, him nice enough. What are you going to do with... She's going to, like, give him a grandchild? No, 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 no. But, like, Bernie, would you please go on Sesame Street? And he'd be like, oh, fine, for you. For, I, I did a bad Bernie there. Yeah. For we yo. both did bad for Bernies. You. Uh, um, I feel anyway. like Rashida would be good with Muppets. I mean... AOC, I feel like, would not. I, I like her a lot. I don't think she's great. With, be great I with think, Muppets. I think she'd be good with Muppets. I don't know. I kind of use "good with Muppets" as like a value of like a character uh, value. I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think. I that's know. A thing. I know. It's not a. It's not maybe. Because I can find you horrific people that are great with Muppets. Mm, that's fair. No. That's fair. No. Dick, no. what do you do with the page vault. master? Vault completely vault. vault. It's crap. It's. Mm. I can't remember the movie. There is, yeah. again, no, there's, I, I am not changed uh, from the beginning to the end. I barely remember it. Like, I guess save some of the interesting animation, but it's not that good. No, the animation is not that good. The music is okay. I think it's like uh, Howard Shore or something. It's, um, it's the, the, the five old guy, Danny DeVito. It's, mm. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it's it's the five old folks and James Horner. I the look, score is good. The score is fun, and it's very like derivative of each of the genres of like movie yeah. music. That's and fun. I I love a Christopher Lloyd, right? He's vastly underused in this movie. But you think he's going to be bigger part because he's Christopher Lloyd, and then he's not. Just having a one. Really amazing character actor does not save an animated movie. It does not. Food Fight proved it, and this proves it. Who was good in Food Fight? Uh, Christopher Lloyd was in Food Fight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, his character was. Do you remember the way he barf. walked? No, I don't want to. We're going to watch Food Fight. I do. Fight. I don't want to. We're going to watch Food Fight tonight. Oh, my God. Uh, no. Um. Yeah. I mean, I guess Vault. I can't figure out anything else to do with it. Like, this what's... is This is not a. <laughs> This is not a vault with malice. No. This is just a vault like, I I don't know what else to I don't, do. I don't hate I'm it. I'm not going to watch it again. Yeah. I'm not going to tell anyone to watch I, it. I'm nothing this movie. Like Yellow Submarine was a vault with malice for yeah. me. You I hated it. hated that. But like, I would rather watch a movie I hate than Page Master again. I would not <laughs> rather watch that movie. No. But I, I don't want to watch Page Master ever again because it... It's it just washed it's over just me water. like a yeah. like a warm bath. Like like a like the water that's ninety percent of an adventure book. Yep. Book hey, water. are we done? I think we're done. Hey, if you want to get in contact us, do it. We are at Cellmates Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. Yep. Cellmatespodcast at gmail.com. Dot and so com. if 
Yeah. If you have any pairings um, of animated movies you'd like us to talk about, send your recommendations our way. If you have one animated movie that you're dying to hear about, send it our way and we will do our best to find a pairing. And if you really love The Page Master or Phantom Tollbooth, shout it out. You don't have to tell us. No, do. I don't want to read about it. Do, address I address I that email to Kate because yes, I don't Kate. care. Love, Page Master fan. I'm sure, I mean, right, there's nostalgia. I'm sure there are moments that people really love if this was like your movie growing Look, up. I have nostalgia for not, a lot of crap. I'm not here crap. to yuck anyone's yum. It just didn't mean anything You to me. love yucking my yums. Well, that's because I love you. I'm sorry. Do you remember our American Tale discussions? Yeah, that was rough. Yeah. 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 I tried. I tried. No, you didn't. No, we re-recorded that episode because I felt so bad <laughs> about how negatively I treated American I Tale. I forgot, yeah. We did. You I was, were so mean. So the episode that you can listen to now, just know I was like four times meaner really nice before. So on the episode that exists. Good, good. You're welcome, and American Tale. American Tale is much better than Page Master and Phantom Tollbooth. I stand I by it. Don't, I don't. I stand by it. Mm. Philly Moskowitz. I think that's true of my second watching. My first watching, no. Because it took me so long to For find For Cellmates Podcast, this yeah. is Philly Moskowitz. <laughs> and Philly Phillips. Kate Phillips and Dick Ward. See Philly you Phillips. later. See you later. Bye. Adventure. Kate, you mentioned um, that <laughs> Phantom Tollbooth, uh, there's like a beginning where the kid's like listening to the teacher and she's saying a bunch of like... Bruh, 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 bruh. Yeah, like Charlie Brown. And then later in the, the movie, he like uses those. Can you describe how he uses that information? It's to uh, escape the doldrums, if that helps. Uh He like starts re- like E equals MC squared and like facts from school. He starts... Does that remind you of any other movies where people just shout out random oh my facts? Astronomy, biology, <laughs> chemistry, <laughs> doldrumistry. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, was that Dragon? I've seen a lot of weird movies Dragon, for this podcast. Dragon Wizard Dra- Supreme? Yes, correct. What's it called? Do you know? Uh, da, da, dragon. Edge of uh, Dragons? Flight of Dragons. Bridge of Dra- Flight of Dragons. Yeah. That that scene where he's in the doldrums and he's escaping the doldrums by yelling facts. Not even facts. Just he's like, Hieronymus Bosch, uh, astronomy, two times four. Uh, this has been a cellmate's bumper. Boop. Ah, second bumper. Second bumper. I had a whole. I had two Wikipedia pages of Wishbone up. Because a page master is just a bad version of Wishbone, mm. the show with the dog and the stories. And a lot of the stories are the same. They do Hunchback and they do Jekyll and Hyde and they do like Wishbone is 95. Wishbone figured it out. You know what this, You know what that reminds me of? Just what while that we're on the you? subject. It reminds me of the holodeck in Star Trek where often, oh, okay. often All right. 
Patrick Stewart, Jean-Luc Picard, and oh Data gosh. would go into adventures of Sherlock Holmes. And there's a whole episode where they make the computer find a, like, make Moriarty so smart that they couldn't beat him. But then Moriarty becomes so smart that he realizes he's part of the computer. And so Mori- this simulation of Moriarty is in multiple Star Trek episodes because he is sentient. That reminds me of the great mouse detective. Nope. Where... But- 